What is up, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura, and this is a very special episode, uh, a two-part episode, actually. Uh, and we are doing our very own interpretations of the end-of-the-season exit interviews that the players and coaching staff do um, at the end of every season. Jeremy and I will be doing an episode piece. We will be asking each other the same set of questions, um, all in regards to the overall performance of the team, how we thought the season went, um, and what our expectations are for next year. Um, so we'll each get an episode, and then we will be doing a third special episode of a full season recap of the 2020-2021 uh, Blue Jackets season. So I'm going to interview Jeremy first. So... Hi, Jeremy. Hey, Laura. How's it going? Good. Welcome to your exit interview. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. I didn't have a choice to send my fucking contract. That's very true. <laughs> also, this is your Zoom call, so, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's get started and start talking about um, the ins and outs of this roller coaster of a season. So first question, overall, what grade would you give the 2021 COVID shortened season? I would give the season a C minus. I would go with a C minus. Um, I think this season would still end up getting us our degree. I don't think it's the season that we're putting on the refrigerator, though. Okay. Question two. As we were recording on May 10th, who won the PLD Line A Rosselvick trade? The Blue Jackets or Winnipeg? It's a hard one, right? Because Winnipeg very clearly is going to the playoffs. Um, and we're left to wonder what could have been if the situation wouldn't have happened, right? But I think even at looking at it, I think if this were just a PLD for line A trade, I think the answer is a little bit harder to come to. But with Roslovic being a part of this deal, you know, with, um, you know, obviously we send a draft pick, a third round draft pick also in that trade for, P, uh, you know, along with PLD for line A and Roslovic, but then we recoup that at the deadline um, in the form of, I, I think we got it from either the Savard or the Felino trade. I don't know which one we got the third round or the fourth round pick from, but you get the point. Um, I'm going to say the Jackets, and I know that that might not be something that every single Blue Jackets fan agrees with me on, but I just think that, you know, we'll talk about it more, but, like, the exit interviews today and, like, hearing what Patrick Liney had to say about wanting to be here, like, I think the answer is pretty clear, and hopefully the answer will continue to be clearer moving forward. Okay. Third question. Which player exceeded your expectations this season? I think it would, I think on the same note, right? Like it has to be Jack Rosovic. Like, I think I didn't really have any expectations of him coming in. Um, you know, I, I thought that he would be good. Um, but I didn't know that he was going to be one of the top three scorers in the team this year. Um, that took me for surprise. Um, I think another really popular answer though is also Michael Delzato. Like who had Michael Delzato? Um, you know, doing what he did for the team this season. Really, I mean, even in this season, I think most people would consider to be a shitty, hard season. It's hard to answer this question, right? Like, it's not easy. And I, I want to be careful not to 
to step on your toes and, and what you have to say or who you might answer. But I think also, you know, uh, let me, let me just stop. Let me, <laughs> let me, before I go off, let me just throw it back over to yes, you. Yes, but this is your exit interview. This you're, is your opinions to give. You're so right. I think, I mean, I, I think I could answer. I, I just know what questions are coming up next. So that's why I'm like being bad at this. Um, this is a really shitty interview, friends. Um, on my well, do you want me to do you want me to ask the fourth question so that you can no 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 it's okay um, because it's actually the fifth question that I'm like hung up on so I another player that exceeded my expectations I think is Eric Robinson like in the sense of like maybe not on the score sheet he, he didn't but like for him to be involved in all 56 games like when we talked about that at the end of the season, like when the graphic showed that like here are the four players that have played in all 56 games, I promise Eric Robinson would not have kind of like come to my mind. Like, I can't believe he wasn't scratched at any point. Like I can't, it's just like, granted he spent some nights riding the pine, but like still I was, I was shocked to see that. So in that way, I would say that Eric Robinson exceeded my expectations. Okay. Question number four. Which player failed to meet your expectations this season? I hate to say it. There, there are two, I think, for You're me. You're going to burn me on this, aren't you? Three. <laughs> um, I think, but, but, in, but to be fair, a lot of my expectations for one player rode on my expectations for another, if that makes sense. So... For me, I had high expectations of Max Domi going into the year. Um, I, if folks listened to Line Change, like, um, you know, I talked about who I thought was going to produce the most points, like for the team, like who was going to score the most points, who was going to have the most assists. Max Domi was up there for me because also in my head, I had him playing on a line with Cam Atkinson. And so for that reason, I, I expected a lot out of Cam too which is probably unfair because Max's inability to create plays for the first 30 plus games of the season led to a splitting up of that line. It led to, you know, difficulty for Cam to try to find someone to play with and find a groove with my third. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Jonas Corposalo. Um, and not that he was ever bad, but what I thought was going to happen um, was after the playoff run, after all the talk during the offseason about somebody potentially being traded, it not happening, um, I thought he was going to come into this season absolutely unwilling to give up that spot. And I think pretty easily he, like, let Elvis continue to stay in the conversation. And I think that for him to not just come out and like play at that all-star caliber that he played at a couple seasons ago um, and to not just surprise me with how good he was, that disappointed me. And I know I'm probably going to catch some heat for that because Jonas Corposalo is simply not the reason why we were bad this year. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody could play in front of what, we, what he played in front of or behind, I guess. But yeah, I would say I was a little bit underwhelmed because I thought he was really going to come out and just steal it from Elvis. 
Okay. Question five is something you and I joke about um, both on the podcast and off the podcast, but which player, if any, did you forget played for the Columbus Blue Jackets this season? Well, John Tortorella wanted me to forget that Kevin Sedlin played for the Blue Jackets. He really did. Um, but I didn't, John. I didn't forget. Um, I would say I lost Alexander Texier a lot this year. Um, you know, obviously he battled with some injury, so that's not entirely on him. I would say the same for Emil Bemstrom or Emil Bemstrom. I don't know why I do that. Emil Bemstrom. But then he's just like, you know, actually, I'm going to, I'm just going to go ahead and, and score a hat trick real right quick. Uh, thanks um, against Nashville, which just really also made me remember about him. Um, I, I don't know. At times I wanted to forget that everybody played for the team. Um, there are moments where I was like, are you sure you want to anymore? Um, but I think overall, I think. I would say like the seventh defenseman role, like I always forgot. Um, I guess if I had to give that award to anybody, like it would be Gabriel Carlson, like for him to be so in and out of the lineup and then out for so long. And then, I mean, this guy was a first round draft pick and not only was this guy a first round draft pick, but like this is a guy that the Blue Jackets traded up into the first round again to get in 2015 the same year that they drafted Zacharensky. And so night and day, obviously, between those two players. But, yeah, I, I did. I, I forget about him sometimes. And when he pops back up, I'm like, oh, hey. Hey, Gabe. How's it going? So. All right. Next question, number six. Uh, this is a fun one. Which game was your favorite game of the season? Huh. Okay. Which game was my favorite game of the season? I would say I really enjoyed. I liked going to the game with my dad against the stars. We won in overtime. It was one of the few that we won in overtime. Um, that was fun. Just to like be back in the arena with my dad. Like it was a sense of normalcy, right? Like one that you and I had experienced together, but like even more so like I became a hockey fan because my dad wanted to get season tickets so we could go to the first ever playoff series. And I guess I shouldn't say I became a fan, but like, that's when my like absolute like diehard fandom began. Began. Oh my God. Um, and so for me, like that was really cool. Um, but I would say Emil Bemstrom's hat trick makes that game um, against Nashville, a really strong contender too, uh, especially being able to go to that game and, uh, you know, catch shit from Steven for two periods after we were terrible and, um, you know, finding a way to get that game in overtime, only to lose. But yeah, I think that was fun too. So it, those two are pretty close for me. Okay. Um, number seven, which team did you hate to play against the most this season? Ourselves. <laughs> Not an option. <laughs> we played ourselves a lot, though. Um, I would say, oh, I mean, there are easy answers that I think like you might dive into a little bit. Personally, I hated, for the most part, playing Detroit. I just think 
that we were two very, very bad hockey teams. And if you would have asked me my least favorite game to go to, I would have said the game that we went to, the second to last game on Friday, the 7th. That game was horrendous. I have never hated a hockey game more than I hated that hockey game. I had no fun with it was the exception of the company. The hockey was just atrocious. It was bad hockey from both teams. Like there were no redeeming qualities on either end of the ice. And so uh, I hated playing those bastards and not even for the rival aspect of it. Like I just, that was a really bad hockey. That's how I used to feel about when we played the hurricanes back when the hurricanes weren't all that great, because it seemed like every game was just so fucking boring. So I don't feel that way anymore because Carolina always finds a way to make it fun now, but um, I would definitely say Detroit. Okay. Um, number eight, if you had to pick one team from each division to make the semifinals, which team would you pick? Ow. I'm going to have to pick teams that I really don't like. Um, let's start with the East. I hate every one of those teams with the exception of the Islanders. So it just by proxy has to be the Islanders. Like I would like to see them um, pull it off. I think just tonight they secured fourth. I think like it was between Boston and then like between the third and fourth seed. So they're going to have to play Pittsburgh. I would love nothing more than for the Islanders to just come out and beat the shit out of Pittsburgh, who's been really good since the trade deadline and, it would just be nice to watch that happen uh, because uh, this is an anti-Pittsburgh Penguins podcast. Um, I would say in the West, I would probably say I'm more inclined to pull for Colorado, but really like the only team out of the West that I really don't want to see I really just don't want to see Vegas or San or Jesus, not San Jose. I won't see San Jose there because let me tell you, um, but no, Vegas for St. Louis. I really don't want to see either of those two teams there. It's tired. It's been done. Um, let's get somebody in there uh, like Colorado or Minnesota would just be a story. Like that would be a story. And if Minnesota gets there, that's going to mean that there's a lot of really good hockey happening before then. So I'm going to say uh, I'll go Minnesota there instead of Colorado. I'll go Minnesota. Um, in the north, I have to say the Maple Leafs. Um, I want to see Nick get there. That's the only reason why. Um, and then, yeah, in the central, I would probably say Carolina or Florida, I would say. I mean, I think like that would just like I am not going to be upset if that's the final in the in the division between Carolina and Florida, which is highly possible. Um, not, not Tampa Bay and not Nashville, but I'll say out of the two. Let's go with, I'm going to go with Florida out of those two. So New York Islanders, Florida Panthers, uh, Minnesota Wild, and uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. Number nine, as we go into what will hopefully be a regular 82 game season next year and we return to our original uh division the metro division uh is there any team in the metro that you missed playing this season hmm 
I want to say Pittsburgh just because of like of our perceived rivalry. Because I still don't think Pittsburgh fans think so, think it's a rivalry, and I that's fair because we've never taken anything from them. So like I can understand it. Um, those are always fun. But I'm always anxious about those games because I always I have a list of people in my head who I can talk shit to if we win, and I have a list of people in my head that I can't talk to if we lose. One of them is my boss, so that's fun. Um, so um, I I have to say that I miss playing the Rangers the most. I think there's just something cool about playing an original six team. I just think it's fun. Um, you know, it's not something that we get to do very often because in our division, right? Like before I make an ass of myself, yeah, correct. That is the only original six in our division. And so, um, you know, there's something about that that's fun, the history of it. I want nothing more than to go watch a Blue Jackets game at Madison Square Garden. Like, I think that would be awesome. And so I miss playing them. I also, like, for the last few years, it's been a really good matchup for the Jackets because we've been better. Um, but they've always just had somebody, too, on that team where it's, like, you want to watch. Like, I I know you hate him, but I love watching Artemi Panarin play hockey. He's a top-five hockey player in this league. And to me, he has redeemable qualities. I can't find one in guys like Austin Matthews or Sidney Crosby or, you know, like Connor McDavid just has no personality. Like he's a great player and he's really fun to watch, but like, okay, like cool. Um, so to watch our time Panarin play hockey is really cool. So I'm going to say I miss playing the Rangers and I hope it's probably not going to be this year, like with all the life changes and stuff, but I hope soon we're able to make it to Madison Square to see one of those games. Okay, number 10. Did the team make the right decisions at the trade deadline? I don't think this question can be answered yet. It, it can be. So for all the trades that we made, yes, totally right decision. We were sellers. We needed to be sellers. I know what happened after the deadline was really painful to be a part of, but in reality, that, that was what was best for the team. What I mean by I don't know if we can tell yet is if this team doesn't re-sign Michael Delzato and we kept him here as a free agent, we made a mistake. And therefore, we did not make the right decision at the deadline. Now, if we re-sign him, then I think we did make the right decision because obviously if we trade him away, I don't think he comes circles back at free agency. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm wrong. But... I think keeping him here was cool because he became what I would say is, is an integral part of the locker room, even more so than he was. Um, I think he won over some more fans over the course of the time he was here after the trade deadline. And so, yeah, I mean, his expressing wanting to be here. I think that if this team loses him, we made the wrong choice and we, we should have gotten whatever we could have. Um, obviously I think Yarma probably has something up his sleeve if he did keep him because he knows what the player wants. I mean, it's been pretty clear. So, um, if Yarmo didn't have any intentions, intentions of resigning him, like, I don't know why you don't trade him. Um, so TBD on that one, but I'm going to say like all signs point to yes. 
Okay, number 11. What is one thing you are looking forward to this off season? Well, not having to watch Blue Jackets hockey games. That's going to be up there. Um, but in reality, I think I'm really looking forward to, you know, it's been a handful of years since the Blue Jackets have had a pick in a draft that's really, like, mattered all that much. I mean, um, you know, of course, we've had first-round picks in the last couple of years. Um, you know, Liam Foody, Igor Chinakov, like, but um, – I'm excited to see a potential top two draft pick, no worse than probably a top five draft pick um, come through Columbus. I mean, the last one to do it was Pierre-Luc Dubois and, you know, fuck that guy today. But for three seasons, that guy was a really integral part of this team. And so those are the kind of guys you get in the top five. Um, And so I'm excited to see what this team does with that. Um, of course, other things to be done there too, right? Like, do we pick all, th- do we use all three first round draft picks this year? Um, I, I'm inclined to say we probably don't, but is that because we're drafted or we're picking up a, you know, first line center? This is going to be a fun off season and I'm, I'm looking forward to all of it. This is a part of this hot this game that you hate, Laura, but it's the part of this game that really gets me going. And so I, I cannot wait to see what this team does. I cannot wait for this team to either set this set us up for really great podcast content or really just absolutely fuck us for the next three years because we'll have to be recording about a really shit full hockey team. Um, so it's going to be – a lot is riding on this for our business, bitch. <laughs> like, a lot, a lot, like, like it could be bad. It could be real bad, but it could also be real good. And I think that not knowing is really exciting. I'm so glad I started muting myself while you were answering because I almost spit water all over my laptop. It would have been good. Um, okay. So last and final question, number 12. What has been your favorite part of recording the podcast this season? I think just welcoming people in. I think just welcoming our, our friends and, and, you know, um, colleagues might be a little dramatic, but like, I think just bringing folks to the table to, uh, you know, share their thoughts and to just reflect has been really fun. Um, you know, obviously like Steven is a regular guest of the podcast at this point. I am sad because we weren't able to get him on. Um, you know, more this season and obviously next season, if we're only, if he's only stopping by when the Preds play, we only got two opportunities, but um, no, and also then Mark, getting to chat with Mark is, was really great at the trade deadline. I, I think too, like just seeing, um, this is going to be sappy, I don't care. Um, just seeing how you have become so comfortable in talking about this sport and like seeing how, um, you know, a, how much of a student of the game you are and just how seriously you take it has been really cool. Every time Laura's self-deprecating as fuck and is like, Jeremy's one that knows things. I'm like, are you, shut up. Because we'll be at hockey games, we'll be at the games and Laura will be like, hey, did you do this, that and the other? Like, and I'll be like, bitch, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? Because Laura is just so on top of it, y'all. Like, incredible. And so that's been one of my favorite parts of recording this is, 
Um, I think it has just accelerated your love for the game, which is crazy because you've been forced to talk about how shitty the Blue Jackets are about 40 times this year. So the fact that you've been able to like really develop a, a stronger love is, is quite impressive. Um, but I think welcoming you to the, hey, it sucks being a Blue Jackets fan sometimes. Family has been really nice. And so welcome, bitch. Uh, I have your brand heating up in the back. It'll be great. Um, can't wait. <laughs> it's, nope, it's, she's pointing to her fifth, fifth line tattoo. Um, it's simply going to be bigger than that, and it's going to hurt a lot more. It just is. And it's going to cost you a lot less than $100, too. So that's going to be a win. Middle fingers, nice. Solid. Thanks. Okay. Any final thoughts before we close out your exit interview? If y'all motherfuckers don't bring me the fuck back, if y'all don't re-sign me. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have a choice. That is true. You're the one that knows how to do everything. You can learn. You'll be all right. Um, Steven will come on as the new, as the new me. It'll be great. Just pure chaos of me and Steven just apologizing to each other. I've been traded. Um, be great. Amazing. Well, Laura, thank you so much for letting me reflect. I really appreciate it. Um, and I cannot wait to hear your similar thoughts on the next episode or if everybody's a heathen and listen to this one second, um, that they can figure it out. This isn't for them. This is for the people who did this in chronological order. So if you're heading over to the next episode to hear Laura's answers, we'll see you there. But until next time, be well and be safe. Bye.